This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This podcast is brought to you by No Halftime, the daily fantasy sports app where you play player versus player challenges. You can play football, NBA, MLB. You can choose kickers, quarterbacks, pitchers, point guards versus centers. It really doesn't matter. You get to play against your friends, your family, your coworkers, the guy who talks too much and thinks he knows too much. I mean, you can win money. You can play for free. You can do, you know, just little side bets and challenges when you want to play for free, or you can actually play for money and win real money. If you use the promo code CLOCK100, you'll actually get, uh, um, they'll actually match your first deposit up to $100. Um, so that that's that's something you want to do. You want to go on your app store right now, either on your iPhone, your Android device. You can just go to nohalftime.com if it's easier for you and download No Halftime, the app right now. You can leave them also a, a, a review. If you're courteous and kind enough, that'd be very polite of you. Um, but again, No Halftime has been down since day one. And so there's no reason for you not to support them. If you're supporting us, you're supporting Clock Dodgers, you are a Clock Dodger, then you got to have No Halftime. It's just kind of part of the, the you know the routine. So get on there now, nohalftime.com. Let's make it happen. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with it. Cannot go with it. Can't do it. Just play, miss the game. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. Clock Dodgers Podcast. Episode 48 of the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I am your host, Neil. I have a returning guest, which is an honor that he's back, Marcus Grant, NFL Network. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good, man. Like I know, I know we're talking football here, but obviously most of the country is engrossed in baseball for one night, so... Uh, you know, you'll have to pardon me if I'm talking to you and have kind of one eye on, on Cubs Indians right now. Oh man, it's all good. We, we were just talking about it before we started recording. It's, it's a, it's a heck of a game right now. Oh, absolutely. No, it's been great. Um, you know, obviously it's a huge historic game. I have a ton of friends who are Cubs fans. So, uh, you know, in, in the interest of peace and friendship, I'm hoping that the Cubs win. So my friends are all feeling better tomorrow. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I've seen some people, you know, taking each side of it. I've seen some people say, um, yeah, I guess there's like Boston fans who don't want to see Cleveland win because I guess it'll be the, the first team to win two a championship in two different sports since Boston won it, I guess. Um, so that's, you know, I've seen that side of it. And I see obviously the people who have been waiting uh, 108 years, if you're still around, you know, to see them right. win it. So it's a it's a it's a big game as far as, you know, on all, on all different levels. Like, I'm, I'm happy if either team wins, honestly, like I don't have anyone in the in the race here. So I'm like good either way, but I think it's exciting that, you know, either team has some kind of monumental win, you know, reason for winning or whatever. Absolutely. No, well, see, here's the thing. I, I will say this. I, I am a golden state warriors fan. And so I feel like Cleveland got their championship. They don't need another. One. Exactly. They're fine. They're fine. Okay. Exactly. But their Browns are so bad, man. Maybe they need this They're to kind of so counteract bad. it. That, that evens everything out. Yeah. Kind of even it all out. So, well, we'll see how, I mean, but by the end of this, I don't know, it might still be going, but if, of course, if we know what happens at the end, we'll, we'll let everyone know. Um, so, you know, the last time you were here, uh, me and you spoke, and one of the big things on that episode was Fat Eddie Lacey, Skinny Eddie Lacey. Um, you know, we both, we both, you know, gave our admiration for him, and, you know, we wanted him to even keep it a secret, but um, it seems like he's kind of broken our heart, man. Yeah, he has. Um, you know, he, he had slimmed down at the start of the year. And then, you know, a few weeks in, it looked like he had started to bulk up again. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that the problem with Eddie Lacy this year was completely Eddie Lacy. Uh, you know, the, the Packer offense for most of the season has just been broken. Um, you know, whether it's Aaron Rodgers and the receivers not being able to get together, whether it's the offensive line, 
Um, there have just been so many problems there that, you know, Lacey has kind of been just one more symptom of that. Uh, you know, and then obviously he gets hurt and, and is on injured reserve. So uh, for fantasy purposes, his season is pretty much over. Yep. But it, it was not it was not the season that I was expecting out of Eddie Lacey. It's not the season I think a lot of people were expecting yeah. out of Eddie Lacey. Yeah, exactly. I actually had him. I had mentioned it on a previous podcast. And one of my leagues, uh, money league that I have, I had him. I traded for him, actually. And then. Um, right before the injury, right before he was announced out for the year or, you know, IR or whatever, um, I just traded him away. And, you know, honestly, when I traded him, my intention was, okay, I need a win right now. And this guy's going to be out maybe for a week or two. I didn't think it was going to be anything like that, you know, because he's out there hurdling guys and doing all this kind of stuff. So, you know, it really, it really uh, shocked me. But going forward, do you think there's a certain Green Bay running back that like needs to be owned? Like we wanted to own Eddie, or do you think there's not really a guy that we care about? Yeah, I think it's hard to, to pinpoint a guy right now because I think for the rest of the year, the Packers are going to kind of use a committee system. I mean, I think, you know, when James Starks is healthy and he's back, he will be the lead running back. But I think we'll st- still see some of Don Jackson. We may see some Ty Montgomery back there. We'll see Randall Cobb back there in the backfield occasionally. So I, I just I don't think there's one guy you can pinpoint and say, OK, this is the guy you want to own on your fantasy team. I just think they're going to be too many mouths uh, that are going to be in the mix this year. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I did. I'm not gonna lie. I did add James Starks in some leagues this week, hoping like you know, even if he doesn't come back this week, but going forward, you know, hopefully they kind of make him the guy or something. I, I just felt like maybe it was right because Nile Davis got cut so quick. I was like, you know, maybe James Starks is closer than people think. You know? No, I absolutely agree. And like I said, he's the guy that they trust the most. He has been there the longest. He's the most comfortable in that offensive system. But I mean, like we, we got to be honest about it too. He's also not quite as talented as Eddie Lacy. So it's going to be hard to expect that same level of production. I think what's going to happen again, they're going to cobble it together. I mean, you look at last week, the leading rusher for the Packers was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He had 60 rushing yards and he was their number one rusher. So I think that speaks a lot to how the running game is going to go for Green Bay the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, poor Niles Davis, man, the guy gets cut, signed, traded, cut, signed, cut. I mean, what, what do you think, man? You think you think anyone has legit interest in Al Davis, or he's like some kind of rebound for guys that are down on their luck and you know injured and they're they're sad about their injury injured running back that left them or something? Now they're trying to rebound, and Al Davis just happens to be that guy every time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I think that's really what it is. I mean, he's that guy that teams sign off the street when they have a lot of injuries or they just need to fill a spot. They need, you know, they they call it, you know, in in training camp they refer to them as camp bodies because you just need enough guys to practice and have guys on your scout team. I think that's kind of what Niall Davis is. I mean, you, you mentioned it. He he was signed by the Jets or picked up by the Jets off waivers. And that was in the morning. And then by the afternoon, he was released. Yep. And, you know, the Jets go on and sign C.J. Spiller. But obviously, he's a guy who has played, who's had some success in the league with Kansas City. People know about his ability. But I, I think for him, unfortunately, it's going to be hard to find a place where he sticks and has a actual legitimate role in anybody's offense. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's a couple of guys I do want to bring up who are kind of, um, I don't know, I just kind of see them in the headlines right now. And i just just curious whether you think, you know, rest of season, if they're, if they're even worth paying attention to at all. Um, one of the guys, obviously, um, we did speak about, I think, last time you were on too, which obviously things have changed since then. But Josh Gordon um, recently got out of rehab. The Browns, from everything we read and hear, they don't really want to move forward with him, it seems like. They didn't trade him or nothing, but that's just kind of what we've heard. Um, do you think people should be picking him up at all um, as a stash? I mean, not Dynasty, but just in redraft league. Should they even worry about him, or should he not be on anyone's radar at all? Nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't concern myself with Josh Gordon this year. I mean, I, I, I his time with the Browns is pretty much done. I think they're kind of waiting you know, for him to get out of rehab and everything before they actually make a move, but... I don't see him playing for the Browns at all again, ever. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens in the offseason, whether or not he decides he wants to continue his football career. I mean, that's that's something to keep in mind. You know, he, he may decide that, that the NFL is not his path forward. So we'll see if right. he decides to come back and play. And then we'll decide if we'll see if a team decides to take a chance on him. But at least for, for 2016. Uh, there's no need to, to concern yourself fantasy-wise with Josh Gordon. Okay, so keep Josh Gordon out of your playoff plans. What about Percy Harvin? I've seen you mention him on Twitter when he got signed. It was kind of just out of nowhere. Um, I, every, it seems like in every league I'm in, someone picked him up. So, I mean, is there a legit reason to pick this guy up right now? Or are people just, again, you know, putting in their lottery ticket for the week? 
Yeah, I think that's a that's sort of a Hail Mary. I, I'm not making a move for Percy Harvin. I mean, I think we've seen we've seen this movie before where we know the talent, we know the ability, but we also know that he's never been able to make it work anywhere, whether it's teams that can't figure out exactly how to use him or the fact that he seems to alienate a lot of his teammates in different places. I mean, that was pretty much how he worked himself out of Seattle uh, was that he rubbed everybody the wrong way there. So, uh, you know, after having been out of the league for this long and the fact that the Bills don't really have any other weapons, I see why they signed him, but I, I am willing to let him be someone else's headache. Right now. <laughs> and that's funny with him and the headache because he does have those issues, actually. Yes, that is true. I, you know, I didn't even think about that. But I didn't point. know if you had a pun intended there or not, but I was oh, like, that was pretty good. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the other guy that I wanted to mention was um, Jay Cutler. Um, had, had a decent game, his first game back here since being injured and everything. Um, you know, some people believe that it's going to happen, that he's going to be good the rest of the year, but uh, they got guys like me who I don't believe in him at all. He's never showed us it, you know, on a consistent basis. So I don't believe in him a lot. But rest of season for someone who needs a quarterback, I mean, are we even looking at this guy? Uh, maybe you stream him when you have a good matchup. I look, we we've had enough. There's enough Jay Cutler tape out there that we know who he is and we know what he's going to give us on a on a you know, yearly basis. Um, what I thought was interesting about what we saw Monday night is that it was sort of the ultimate Jay Cutler fu. I don't really care game. I mean, it was <laughs> it was Monday night. It was against what is arguably the best defense in the league. And it was him playing for a coach that pretty blatantly doesn't want him around. I yep. mean, this just seemed like the ultimate Jay Cutler, I don't really give a crap moment. And he went out there and he balled out. But, you know, I don't know if he has that same level of FU in him for the rest of the year. So I, I just, I, again, the, the quarterback position is deep. So I don't know that that's one you need to hang your hat on. You can stream and find pretty good options week to week. Yeah, Absolutely. So those were just some of the names I just wanted to, you know, people keep asking questions, obviously, about those guys. Those are all the, you know, the flashy names and stuff. So I just wanted to kind of um, clear the air on some of them. Um, I, I got a bunch of questions for this episode from from people who listen. I got um, some foul or no fouls, obviously. But um, I do want to jump kind of right over to um, Fantasy Trade Blackjack with you. Um, okay. And it's a, it's a, 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 I'm going to do it a little bit differently this week. I want to do it like an injured running back edition, trading for the injured running back edition. <laughs> so um, okay. that's what we're going to do. Are you down for that? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. They say everybody has a price, and we're about to find out. It's time for Fantasy Trade Blackjack. Let's deal. So the, the first running back, that we're putting on the first card that we're putting on the table, the guy that we're trading for is Doug Martin. Okay. Um, obviously everybody knows, uh, I mean, if you're a Doug Martin owner and you've been holding on to him this whole time, you keep waiting for him to come back and you keep hoping it's the week. But, um, some people that's probably hurting at this point, if you weren't like, you know, have other running backs to, to cover for that. So, um, if you were just going to like, say, say all these situations, we're going to say you're a team who needs a running back, but, you're also okay record-wise, so you're not like you know in the hole trying to get out of it. So that's why you're trading for one of these guys who are kind of so-so right now, injury-wise. Um, so Martin's the name on the table. If someone offered you Demarius Thomas for him straight up, would you do it at this point? No, um, just because you know I don't know what we're gonna get from Doug Martin when we get when he comes back. The thing about Demarius Thomas, I know he's been frustrating for a lot of people, but the thing about him is the Denver Broncos only really throw to like two guys. Like they throw yeah. to Marius Thomas and they throw to Emmanuel Sanders. So you know that there's at least a, a pretty safe floor there every week for Thomas. Um, I just, I think for me, it's just the issue of waiting for Martin to see when he's going to come back and trying to figure out how they use him when he comes back is what makes me a little nervous. All right. So if someone was to start off that offer, it would be a bust for you out the gate. You wouldn't move Thomas for him at all. I would not move Thomas. For him. Okay. No. I'm just trying to kind of gauge um, and it, what, what, what do you think? Cause, cause that's going to be a bust straight out the gate on that one. Then what do you think for Martin? If you're like, you're trying to trade for Martin, what, where do you feel comfortable at? Like, as far as, you know, uh, either whether you're trading, I'm going to say you're trying to wide receiver for him. Cause you say you have an influx of those. Um, what, what ranking wide receiver, like on a weekly yeah, I basis? Think, I think I'm looking at kind of a wide receiver three. I mean, maybe you can, maybe you can talk me into kind of a low end fringe wide receiver two, but I'm thinking a wide receiver three. I mean, the, the first name that pops into my head right now is probably Dante Moncrief. Okay. Um, you know, he's, 
he's kind of a popular name right now. He's just came, he's just come back from injury. And at least for this week, you know, we don't know what's up with T.Y. Hilton. He's got like a little bit of a hamstring thing. So that may impact it. But I think somebody kind of on that level, like a, a Dante Moncrief, maybe a, uh, I don't know, a Tyrell Williams or something like that, I think would be guys that I would look at in that spot. Okay, I got you. All right, cool. So so the next guy then who's kind of interesting to me is um, the Spencer Ware. We don't really know if he's going to play this week or not. It seems like the Chiefs really obviously want him to play. And so they're going to try to hold that as long as they can with him. But if, you know, say, say again, you're a guy, you're, you're, where's the card on the table? Um, you need some wide receivers and someone comes to you and they offer you prior and digs for where would you take that? Or are you going to hold on to where and, and, and ride tight with the concussion? Uh, you know what? No, I would, uh, I would make that move. I, I mean, I love what Ter- Terrell Pryor offers. I mean, the guy has been, it's funny because you go back to July and August and the Browns were talking about playing Pryor at wide receiver. And I think a lot of us, at least I, I know I did, I kind of, kind of snickered at that and thought, okay, well, this is a project. This is a guy who's going to be kind of a gadget player or whatever. Right. Um, Dude is flat out balling. Like there's just no two ways around it. The dude is playing lights out football at wide receiver. And I still believe in Stefan Diggs. I mean, the Vikings have offensive issues, especially on the offensive line. It keeps them from getting the ball downfield. But I believe in the talent of Stefan Diggs. So if you're going to give me those two guys for Spencer Ware, uh, I will make that deal and I'll figure out what to do with the running back spot. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so really quick with Diggs, are you, do you find the Norv Turner thing as a positive right now for the Vikings or do you think it's a, a negative for them? I actually think it's, it doesn't mean a lot. I, you know, I, I mean, I know it maybe changes a little bit of the scheme and whatever, but I don't know that the issue with the Vikings was the offensive scheme or the offensive play calling. I mean, the issue is that, you know, they lost their all world running back in week two. They lost their starting quarterback in the preseason and their offensive line has been an absolute mess. And I think there's only so much that you can do with all of that. So I, you know, Good luck to Shermer now that he's taking this thing over. But I don't know that a change in offensive coordinator uh, is really going to have a major impact one way or another. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I agree at this point. And and, and speaking of Vikings, um, another injured running back that I wanted to put in a deal here is McKinnon. So McKinnon is the player on the table, the first card drawn. And just straight up wide receiver for McKinnon, Crowder. Would that be enough for you to do a deal? Uh, um. Yeah, if, I, if, if I'm giving up McKinnon and getting Crowder, I would do that. I think I feel like that would be a win for me just because Jamison Crowder has come out of nowhere and been a star in that offense. Right. Um, you know, we went into the season thinking it was going to be Deshaun Jackson and, and Pierre Garçon at the wide receiver spot, and Jamison Crowder really has outplayed both of them to this point. So um, I think I would I think I would buy into him more. And, and, and look, this is like. I like Jared McKinnon. I like him a lot, but I think Crowder has been the more productive player and will be the more productive player for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. And as you can see with these offers, I'm trying to give running backs that are hurt, but with a lot of potential for guys who are performing now, you know? Um, so it's, I'm just trying, it's interesting to see, you know, where we're going. So the first one was a bust. These two, you accepted straight up without any hitting, really. Um, the last thing that's interesting to me is McCoy. Um, so LaShawn McCoy is basically was balling out until he got hurt. Like, nothing could stop this dude. Um, and so now he's been, you know, on the shaky ground that we're not really sure how much longer this is going to take. Um, again, you're a team that needs a running back, so you're going to try to trade for McCoy. But if someone, you know, offered the struggle in Allen Robinson and, say, Latavius Murray, who's in a big um, work share, do you, do you think that's a fair offer, or do you think not enough for McCoy at this point, even with him injured? I, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. I, You know, I... I really was excited about Shady before the season started because I, I know that he wasn't great last year and he was hurt last year, but I looked at it as he's still a really talented player in an offense that primarily runs the football. So I just felt like he was really primed to bounce back this year. And so like you, you're offering, uh, you know, you're offering Allen Robinson, who as much as I love him, um, Blake Bortles is broken. That whole <laughs> offense is just broken right now. And I don't see any redemption in the near future for Allen Robinson. And Latavius Murray, another guy that talent-wise, I really like. But for whatever reason, the Raiders have decided they just don't want to give him the football. And I can't figure out why exactly. But the fact that his lack of touches uh, means that he's just not going to be a productive option. And so that, that has me really kind of going against anything with Latavius Murray this year. 
All right. So, yes, yeah, so that's, that's a big point that you made there because I tried to make a trade where you got like, you know, people are going to throw those underperformers at you, you know, the guys who aren't living up to it for your injured player. Um, so I wanted to see, you know, if that's something that you would bite on. But even for you, that's a bust, right? Yeah, that is a bust for me. Got to stay away from those guys. <laughs> so, all right. So a bust, two deals, good out the gate, two blackjacks out the gate, and one another bust. Um, like I said, just trying to paint those pictures because those seem to be a lot of, you know, for me, I try to trade for guys who are either injured or, you know, got a promise and schedule coming up. Like Doug Martin to me is a guy I'm trying to get um, in a lot of leagues just because I love his playoff schedule. You know, if my record obviously will allow me to do that um, because, no. you know, some, some, some records don't allow you to do that. <laughs> No, no, absolutely, and I, and I agree with you. I mean, I think Martin is one, another guy that I'm, I'm kind of quietly trying to deal with, and and, and hopefully none of my friends hear this. Um, I, I will just try to get uh, Jonathan Stewart as much as I can because now it looks like he's getting goal line touches. He's got a great playoff schedule, um, and so I'm, I'm trying to swing some deals for Jonathan Stewart before anybody in any of my leagues clues in to what might be coming for him this year. Yeah. I mean, the Cam Newton thing is legit, right? As far as, I mean, do you think they're going to pull back on him as far as the goal line carries on that stuff like for the rest of the season? Because it seems like he's super concerned about it. Obviously, for health reasons, he should be concerned about it. Um, and Jonathan Stewart, like you said, is kind of like just falling into touchdowns now because of that. Um, yeah. Which that used to be a reason you stayed away from him. But now it seems like, you know, it is going to go the other way. But you're, like you said, you're hoping people don't realize it yet. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the last two weeks, if that's an indication, then, then I think things are starting to change. And I look, I don't. I think at some point Cam is going to take a couple of these himself because that has been his history, you know, since he's been in the league. But I do think that he's worried about taking hits. I think the Panthers are worried about him taking hits. So I, I think at some point you're going to see, you know, you're going to start to see Jonathan Stewart get more of those opportunities. Yeah. And so for the clock Dodgers who are listening, if they were going to try to be sneaky like you and get Stewart now before he, you know, blows up here or people should know, understand his value. Um, what, would you tell those guys to offer what 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 would be like the sneaky low get in right now um, before yeah, I, you know people really start to recognize his value? I think you're looking at a wide receiver too. Um, you know, I think I think right now you know somebody like Brandon Marshall, uh, who has certainly a lot of name value, but his production has been kind of up and down. Uh, I think he's a guy who would be very very attractive to a lot of people in terms you know in in exchange for Jonathan Stewart. Um, but yeah, somebody I think kind of that of that ilk especially somebody who maybe has a name value who isn't performing. I don't know. Maybe you package uh, DeAndre Hopkins in there somewhere too and see if somebody will bite on yeah. that. Or like A-Rob, like we mentioned, if there's still a believer right. out there, you know, you, we, I, right. I mentioned it last week on my show with, uh, with Adam, a uh, guy that I do, we do this weekly with, um, he, you know, he kind of mentioned, we kind of talked about it and said, you know, really, if you can get rid of A-Rob at this point for, you know, someone that you feel has real value or real potential going forward, it's kind of just a, a, a gimme at this point because um, you never know what you're going to get out of him. It doesn't seem like it's, you know, trending up. I mean, he may have a week or two where he blows up, but, you know, you never know when that's going to come. No, that's 100% right. And, you know, I just recently made a deal where somebody somebody offered to take Allen Robinson from me, and they gave me a couple of running backs in, in exchange, and I couldn't hit except fast enough because <laughs> I didn't know. I really, honestly didn't know what I was going to do with Allen Robinson. Like, I didn't know if anybody was going to take him, and to have somebody come and, and offer to take him off my hands unsolicited, uh, I was a huge fan of that idea. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. For sure. Take it when you can get it. All right. So so that's it for the uh, the fantasy trade blackjack uh, injured running back edition. <laughs> now, like I said, um, I did get a lot of questions for this show, some foul or no fouls. Um, so we'll do the foul or no fouls first, I suppose, and then we'll do the questions last. Um, so for the foul or no fouls, are you ready for that? All right, great. Let's start that. And you and you remember from last time how we do this? Basically, I'm going to give a statement. Um, if you agree with the statement, it's a no foul. If you disagree with the statement, it's a foul. All right. All right, great. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. So the, the first foul or no foul is going to be, um, it is, okay, let me just make sure this is word right. Okay, yeah. It is, it's okay moving forward. Actually, it's it's, it's a good idea moving forward to own both Cleveland Brown wide receivers, Coleman and Pryor, foul or no foul? Uh, I'll go no foul on that. I, I don't have a problem with having two receivers off the same team. In fact, you know, in one of my leagues, uh, I, I drafted originally both John Brown and Michael Floyd. I have since dropped Michael Floyd because he hasn't been performing. Um, but the idea being that, you know, there is a chance for both guys to be productive and both guys to eat. I mean, I think, I think if you look at, you know, for instance, New Orleans, 
Uh, Brandon Cooks, Willie Sneed, and Michael Thomas have all been very productive guys, and they've all been they have all at times been very productive within the same game. So, uh, you know, I believe that there is an opportunity for both Coleman and Pryor to be successful. And so I don't, I don't think that's a problem at all. Yeah. I actually own both of them in one league as well. I've kept on to Coleman probably this entire year. I think it was. And then I recently just traded for Pryor. as crazy as it sounds knowing I had Coleman, but I'm actually going to, it sounds like Coleman might play this week. If he does, I'm literally in a situation with bye weeks and injuries. I'm going to have to play both of them. So, oh man, hopefully it goes well. <laughs> um, the next foul or no foul is from at Geo um, from the Fantasy Life app, and he says um, best wide receiver duo in the NFL is Raiders wide receivers Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Foul or no foul? Ooh, man! I let me let me think about this for a quick second. <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no foul on that, and I, I'm gonna say no foul because we've talked about this in in our office and in the newsroom at the, at the NFL Network quite a bit recently. Michael Crabtree might be the most underrated receiver in fantasy football, maybe the most underrated receiver just in the NFL, period. I mean, the guy's making plays. I mean, last year for a good portion of the season, he was the best receiver that the Raiders had. So far this season, he has been the most consistent receiver in the Raiders offense, and he's a guy that they love to go to in the red zone. Obviously, we know what Amari Cooper can do. I mean, this is a guy who's a big play machine. Um, I've actually said recently that the greatest trick Amari Cooper ever pulled was convincing the world that you could be a wide receiver one without red zone targets because <laughs> not, he's not getting them, but yet he's putting up enough yards that he has been a quality wide. He's, he's a top 10 receiver yep. without, without getting a whole, without scoring a whole lot of touchdowns this year. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, tell, tell me, I, I did a trade last week. You tell me what you think of this. Okay. So I had Amari Cooper. I traded him. And Giovanni Bernard, this is in a PPR league, um, and I traded him for AJ Green and Terrell Pryor. Ooh, I mean that's that's a pretty good trade for both sides. Yeah, I, I think I like I think I like what you got back. I mean, you got two really really good wide receivers, but uh, I mean I think that's a situation where everybody gets something productive out of that. Yeah, for him for that team, he actually needed a running back. He was in a bad spot, so it was great for him. Um, and obviously, Amari Cooper balled out, so now he's like laughing in my face, like ah, you know, whatever. But I still, you know, I think we did all right. I think we both did all right. But it was good to hear you say that about the uh, the wide receivers, because obviously I'm a Raiders fan, so I'm glad to hear you say that about the duo in, in Oakland. <laughs> um, the next foul or no foul is from at Dem Bones. Um, this is actually, I guess, not really a fantasy question. It's kind of NFL in general, I guess. But um, since drafting can be so hit and miss, it's better to trade your picks for proven players um, rather than take the shot on a, on a, on a rookie in a draft. Um, foul or no foul? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say foul, but foul with an asterisk. I mean, I, I understand, I totally get the point. Um, but I think, I think at some point you do have to be able to build. I think if you're talking about trading picks for proven players, that's that is a hallmark of a team that's close and really needs to win right now. I think that's a good thing. But right. if you are, you know, if you're a building team, I mean, I think. You mentioned the Raiders. I mean, part of how the Raiders have gotten here was through the draft, getting Derek Carr and Khalil Mack in the same draft, and then getting Amari Cooper right after that. That's been the nucleus of this team. I mean, you throw in guys like Carl Joseph, who has been a big part of what they do defensively. Yep. That's been a big part of building this team. I think getting you know proven veterans is kind of the final piece when you're a team that's close and you're looking to get over the hump. But if you're trying to actually build a franchise, I think you still need to get those talented young players in there and have them be successful. Gotcha. All right. The next one, actually, from the last episode, um, again, me and uh, my guy Adam, um, we got sidetracked from Fantasy Talk for some reason and started talking about dipping sauces and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff. And um, it, okay. ca- it kind of spilled over onto Twitter um, when, when, when Scott Fish jumped into it and was, and was telling us his favorite sauces and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then Scott mentioned something about who dips – their chicken strips anyway and anything that you should just eat them solo and so it kind of you know started rolling that ball started rolling i created a twitter poll all that kind of stuff so i'm going to ask you marcus chicken strips always need dip and dipping and having chicken strips without dip is a sin foul or no foul uh that is no foul what, what kind of maniac eats chicken strips without dipping so i don't like, know what, man it happens what kind of what kind of maniac does that? No, yeah, no. You need, you need some kind of. And I, I love chicken strips and chicken fingers and all that kind of stuff. You need some kind of sauce. You need barbecue sauce or honey mustard or something 
you can't just eat dry ass chicken strip. Like that's not <laughs> that's not it's not appropriate. It's just I mean I, I've had my nugget or two in my day, you know, with no sauce. But I mean for the most part, you gotta now you gotta dip, man. You have some kind of sauce. You gotta man. have some kind of sauce. And you know, it kind of started because I was telling Adam when we were talking, like I'm I'm not a big uh, I, even if I go to steak restaurants, anything, I like I always get chicken strips. It's just like the safe meal for me. Like you can't screw it up. You know, I hate right. going to restaurants and you're with someone and like, oh man, this meal sucked. Remind me never to order it again. And like, I never say that because I just get chicken strips. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of where it started. It's just kind of, I don't know, man. It's just where it is. But I'm glad you're in the, you know, dip camp. You need some sauce. Absolutely. But what kind of maniac, seriously, what kind of maniac, America hating maniac doesn't use sauce? I, I don't know, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to actually find the tweet because I want to find it from Scott and kind of put him on blast here. <laughs> um, on, on on the show, I'm trying to find it where where he said it. I can't find it word for word, but uh, he definitely um, you know, he definitely made it sound like he doesn't need dip at all, man. It was kind of weird, so that's why I, uh, you know, I started the poll. I was trying to see if um, let me see here. I know I got it here. He said, oh, yeah, he says, um, yeah, he actually said it straight up. He said, "Who dips chicken tenders in anything?" That was his. That's his, that's his actual tweet. <laughs> Everybody dips chicken tenders. Listen. Except- Except Scott Fish, apparently. He's got a great league, but no no on the chicken strip dip, man. It's <laughs> a so no go for him. It's okay. We still love him. All right. So um, let me see if I got any other really good foul or no foul that I want to make sure I got to you. You know, after the chicken strip one, it's kind of hard to follow up with that. But Seriously, um, I think proper. Yeah, I think know? that might be the end of the foul or no fouls. We've got to end that one on there, man. Um, so we'll just jump straight over to questions because I do got a bunch of questions from people also. Um, so are, are you down for some questions as well? Yeah, let's go. All right, cool. Let's jump over to those. So um, the first one I wanted to ask you, you mentioned one of them earlier, but at Swagzilla says, can you rank the Cardinals wide receivers? They're, I guess they're top three or top four at this point. Um, what, what what order would you put them in going forward? Uh, right now, I would go with Larry Fitzgerald, number one. I think that there's no doubt with the way he's played so far this year. Um, number two, I'm still believing in John Brown, even though he hasn't always been productive. He's kind of been up and down all year. I still think he is. I think he's the most talented guy behind Larry Fitzgerald there, so I have him too. I'll put I'll put JJ Nelson at number three because oh, obviously man. Like, it looks like Carson Palmer has some faith in him. Hey, look, this hurts me. I mean, it hurts me to put Michael Floyd at number four because I believed in him. I believed in him more than anybody else in that offense this year. And it has burned me. But I mean, we have seen him make some kind of questionable plays on the field. We've seen him with drops. And we've seen it get to a point where I don't know how much Bruce Arians or Carson Palmer trust him. Uh, and so I got to put him at number four right now. I like that, man. I, I like that you're saying that, man. Because some people will stick to their guns and be like, you know what? He's so talented. I got to keep him there. But you're like, you know what? He's just not worth it. Not worth it. No, it just, it, it just didn't happen. Like, we thought it was going to happen this year. It didn't happen. Um, you know, at some point, you, you got you to gotta be willing to. To own up to your mistakes and realize that it's just not going to happen the way you want it to. Yeah, and, I, and I'm a John, John Brown fan also. Like, for me, it's like, especially in my PPR league, at least I feel like it. I don't know if it's true or if I'm just, you know, imagining it. But it seems like he may do nothing for the first three quarters. But in that fourth quarter alone in my PPR league, I feel like he gets me 10 to 12 points at the end of the game. Like, I just, I feel like I watch him and I'm like, this guy's literally going to catch the ball one time. Nothing's going to happen. And then by the end of the game, I'm like, oh, 10, 12 points. Okay, cool. I, you know, I'll take that. <laughs> seems yeah, like no, it's, it's weird. That's how that's how it's been this year, especially because the Cardinals have played a lot of close football games. They've been trailing late, so they've had to throw the football, uh, and it has taken a while. But, you know, John Brown has found a way to kind of get his points here and there when he needs to. Yeah, big fan of him. All right, the uh, the next question is um, from at Corey, and he asks, basically, what are your thoughts on the Saints' backfield issues at this point, you know, with Mark Ingram and 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 um, Hightower, and it's just not connecting right now for Ingram. How, how do you what you know? How do you feel about that whole situation right now? I mean, at this point, I I am I'm ready to give up on Mark Ingram just because uh, this is a guy who was getting about 16 touches per game, uh, and now that we've got Tim Hightower playing well and expected to get more touches, that's going to cut into that opportunity for Ingram. What makes it worse is Ingram's not getting goal line touches. I mean, you look at the let's look at the people who have gotten goal line touches over Mark Ingram in the last few weeks. We've had Tim Hightower. We've had Drew Brees. We've had Kobe Fleener get goal line carries ahead of Mark Ingram. That says that Sean Payton does not trust him around the goal line. Meanwhile, Hightower is going to get those chances. So I think he is kind of the guy going forward. Um, and I guess at this point, I, I'm I'm willing to part ways with Mark Ingram. 
Wow. Yeah. That, you know, you think about it, that Fleener goal line carry should have told us something, right? That should have been the, uh, that should have been the scramble right there. You should have been like, all right, <laughs> sell, sell everything Ingram right now. It wasn't a fluke. This is a bad sign. Um, I didn't even think about it when Fleener did that. I just thought they were trying to get Fleener involved, but really you're right. It's like kind of a, a lack of trust in, in Ingram more than anything. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I think I've, I've even left out the fact that John Kuhn gets touches around the goal line. <laughs> yeah. I left that name out too. I mean, but whatever it just, whatever it is, the saints seem to be going out of their way to get other people, not named Mark Ingram touches. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like you said, a high tower moves forward with that. Um, if they, you know, totally go with him or what, well, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, a lot, a lot of people keep asking me or, you know, mentioning the Texans and Brock Osweiler, um, you know, if he's the worst quarterback in football and all this kind of stuff. I mean, are, are you, are you in panic mode with any, any, you know, uh, Texan at this point? I mean, are, are you worried? It seems like they're in a pretty bad situation right now, or at least everyone is feeling that way because everyone's messaging me about them. Yeah, no, I am. <clears throat> I, I think, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson are pretty much in the same boat. They're two very talented receivers that people had high expectations for that are being dragged down by really poor quarterback play. And, and you know, last week was supposed to be a week against the Lions that maybe the Texans did some things offensively that they were able to move the ball against a bad secondary. And it didn't happen. You got, what, about 45 yards or so out of DeAndre Hopkins. That's that's a warning sign to me. So I am very concerned about him uh, at this point. He's another one that I am trying to unload when and where I can because I just don't see a light at the end of this tunnel. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and I, I had more hope for Hopkins for some reason over Allen Robinson. I just thought, like, man, it has to click at some point, but it's not even clicking for him. And then, you know, Lamar Miller is kind of like a – you know, he's just a usage guy as far as, you know, as long as he gets enough carries, he seems to be productive, a little, you know, for the most part. But uh, it's, a, it's definitely a concern. And and I, and I remember when Osweiler got that contract, I was like, how did this guy get that money? I mean, I know he's a quarterback. I know they got, they're throwing contracts out left and right. But I'm just like, Osweiler? Like, come on, man. It just didn't seem right. <laughs> no, I mean, you're not, you're not alone, though. I mean, I have, I have friends who are Broncos fans. And I think they didn't seem all that concerned when Osweiler left and signed for all that money in, in Houston. And. Uh, you know, what we've seen the first eight weeks or so, the, the Broncos seem to have made the right choice. I mean, not, not that Trevor Simeon is lights out, yeah, but he has been more productive than Osweiler has been. Oh, a heck of a lot cheaper, at least. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, we get we also get a lot of questions here, man, that have nothing to do with fancy football. This guy is asking, at Smurf1 is asking, Cheetos, Crunchy, or Puffs? Ooh, that's a good call. Uh, I'm going to go Puffs. Um, because they are fun to say and to eat. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Um, another question at Trade Fantasy. He wants to know if it's time to move on from Alfred Morris, um, you know, move him to the Zeke owner uh, for something semi-useful, or do you hold on to a guy like that who could be a lottery ticket, you know, if Zeke goes down? Yeah, no, I, I would move him at this point. I mean, we are far enough into the season that uh, it just it sort of seems like wasting a roster spot if that's what you're waiting for uh, you know see if you can move him to the guy who has Zeke and and see what you can get back in return but uh, you know right now as you're building a roster to either make a playoff run or to make it run through the playoffs I think you want to hold on to pieces that you know can be productive as opposed to just waiting for something else to happen gotcha definitely agree with you on that one um, you know, I, we all understand the lottery ticket aspect, but like you said, it's kind of late in the season at this point. A lot of guys are either trying to make the playoffs, they're behind, they need some wins. You know, it's just one of those. It's just that to that point, like you said, you know, if you can get anything useful for him, it's probably the best bet. And as soon as we say that, you know, Zeke will get hurt and they'll be cursing well, his out. Something, but. something weird will happen, and then you know, you'll be out, <laughs> Alfred Morris. Yeah, <laughs> Has some really um, good questions here still that I just want to get to with you. Um, one, one person asked, um, at Paul Ryan wants to know, do you think Jamal Charles will ever play another down in the NFL? Um, I do. You do? I, I, I do. I do. I, th I think, I mean, he's, he's too good and he has been too good for too long. I don't expect, you know, I don't expect him to suit up for the chiefs ever again, but I do think that with his history and his ability, somebody will take a chance on him and, and make him part of a committee. I mean, look, I, I mean, until a couple weeks ago, uh, Arian Foster was still an NFL running back despite a litany of injuries. So I, I do think somebody will take a shot at Jamal Charles. Yeah, this is true. Definitely. Uh, we definitely hope to see him again. Arian Foster, man, it sucks that he retired even, but you know, time caught up with him, I guess. So um, it's all right. Um, a guy that I think I get questions about every single week is Dak Prescott. 
and Tony Romo and the whole situation there in Dallas. Um, I, I've had people answer both ways. They think they should play Romo. They think they should stay with the hot hand and Dak. What do you think, Marcus? I think they stay with. I think they should stay with Dak. Um, I don't know what they will do because you know who knows what's in the mind of Jerry Jones. But at this point. Dak hasn't done anything to lose the job. And you're talking about maybe handing it back over to a guy who hasn't played all season, who is dealing with a chronically bad back, which is always kind of a tricky injury. Um, the Cowboys have won six in a row. Everything looks good for them. They are certainly uh, in striking distance to win the division in the NFC East. I think you're really kind of asking for problems if you decide to make a big change here. So, uh, I, I think they should stay with Dak. I think for fantasy purposes, it'd be great to stay with Dak because the Cowboys are in a rhythm and everybody is starting to eat. So I, I don't think I'd want to change that up too much. Yep, I totally agree. I definitely would stay with Dak as well. It just it seems like it's working and you got to, you know, you always got to wonder, man, you just wish one little thing, how much, you know, how much that's going to affect everything. Um, so I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, let me see here. I'm trying to find some of the ones that I really liked. Um, let's see. Okay. Um, uh, one thing also. Okay, like last week, uh, we were we were half jokingly talking up Capri Babes um, because of the awesome name <laughs> and the opportunity that we thought might be there. Um, do you think he's a guy to to keep and hold on to at this point, or do you think it's just kind of be they're just gonna keep feeding Booker and not really share it at all? Yeah, I I wouldn't worry about Capri Bibbs. I mean, he's a name on the waiver wire. I mean, I guess if you are in desperation mode and you need a running back, then maybe you try Capri, Capri Bibbs. Uh, but I think this is going to be Devontae Booker's show for the foreseeable future. Okay, gotcha. Um, and one, I just want to answer this guy's question at Darth uh, Pie Shy. He always asks. He always asks good questions, but he's asking us for a little bit of help. He says that he is in major need of a running back to be a championship contender. Um, can can we give him just a couple of names that he should target um, using Terrell Pryor as his as his main piece? Um, well, I think you know we mentioned Jonathan Stewart. I think he is one. Uh, you know, maybe I think you could definitely get. Get Stewart using somebody like Terrell Pryor, kind of as bait, I guess, if you will. Um, yeah, that's that's one to keep an eye on. You mentioned Doug Martin. If you can wait on Martin to get healthy and come back, he's going to be certainly very productive. Uh, you know, I, I think also maybe Spencer Ware, if you can get somebody who's who's willing to part with him, because now obviously no Jamal Charles, um, Sharkandrick West, I don't think is a real threat in that backfield. Spencer Ware is going to be a workhorse. Uh, so I think that's one you can target as well. So, I mean, that's that's three options right there that hopefully you can try to make a move for. Uh, if somebody's willing, somebody needs wide receiver help, Terrell Pryor is a great option. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And the um, the last question here that I got from the uh, from the fellow clock dodgers out there. Um, again, a non-fancy question, just, a, just a, a general question. Would you rather take an island getaway or a mountain cabin? Oh, I'm island guy. I'm a, I'm a beach I'm a beach and ocean guy all the way. Uh, the mountains are cool. Cabins are fun. But, you know, I live in Los Angeles and people always ask me if I want to go somewhere, uh, you know, to Pasadena or if they want me to go east or inland or something like that. And I'm like, well, why, why would I do that? There's the <laughs> beach and there's the ocean. And those things never get old to me. So without a doubt, I would be an island getaway guy. Absolutely. All right, man. That's that. That's that makes sense. Especially like you say, where you're at kind of. <laughs> fit, fit your fit your your mold there, um, so I, I don't want to keep you too long because I do know you know it's the middle of the week. You're a busy guy. You're watching the baseball game. Um, before we go, what is it? What, what where are we at? Do you know as far as the innings in the game? You know I don't know. I stepped away for a minute, but I did see like just as we started the the Cubs had hit another home run. So uh, I think they are up. I believe six three. If at last check, you believe Cubs in destiny, man. Up. You believe in destiny for these Cubs. I do. I, it's funny. I, I saw them. I remember I, every year I do a, a trip to spring training out in Arizona. I've been doing this for you know 15 years or so now. And I went this year and watched a bunch of games. And I was talking to my dad when I got back home. And he said, you know, what what did you see? Is there anything you saw that, that caught your eye? And the first thing I said to him was, man, the Cubs are really good. The Cubs might score 50 runs a game. And I think it's going to be hard to beat them. And so, you know, here we are six, seven months later. And the Cubs are on the verge of uh, of winning a World Series. Wow! Oh, you go to the Cubs spring training every season? Well, I go to Arizona. I have, my best friend lives in the Phoenix area, so I can sleep on his couch. Oh, okay. Uh, and I just go see a bunch of games in in Arizona for spring training. And the Cubs this year happen to be one of the teams I went to go see. Okay, that makes sense. Are you a big um like guy? It's like uh 
you know, like for instance, when I was I was just at the um, the Raiders Buccaneers game last week, um, and you know when when it was about to end the game and Janikowski was going to kick the first field goal in the fourth quarter, um, the guy sitting in front of me who was a Raider fan was like, um, he's not going to miss this. He never misses. You know, I'm not big into you know skepticism <laughs> and all that kind of stuff or whatever you call it. Uh, when people will say those kind of things and it kind of like that bad you know voodoo going ways, but. He did that, and then he missed the field goal, and I'm like, damn, man, did you really have to say that? I know he didn't have nothing to do with it, but I'm just like, just the fact that he said it. And then, you know, we're going into overtime. He goes to kick the second field goal, and he says, to, the guy says to his wife again, oh, he'll, he won't miss two. There's no way. And I'm like, did you really just do this, dude? So I actually I couldn't hold it anymore. I was like, listen, if we get down there again and we got to kick a field goal, can you please just don't say anything at all? He's like, oh, I'm really sorry, man. You know, if I do, if I start to say anything, just hit me. And I'm thinking, listen, you gave me the green light because – uh this this is not working for me and, and i don't believe in that kind of stuff but just that he kept doing it and it kept happening it was just like driving me crazy like am i am i, am I crazy for that man no i totally believe in that stuff <laughs> and maybe, maybe it's because like i grew up primarily as a baseball fan and i feel like baseball people are the most superstitious people on earth um like i'll, I'll tell you a story and this this is not just baseball this is like for sports for me in general that right. i will come home I will come home and, like, say I'm, you know, if one of my teams is playing and maybe I miss the start of the game, if I turn it on and my team's doing well, but when I turn it on, they start doing badly, I will turn off the game. I have oh, missed wow. games. I have missed, I have missed majorities of games for that reason. Like, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a USC football guy. I'm a USC guy. And, like, I've come home and the Trojans will be leading. And as soon as I turn it on, bad things will happen. I'll turn it off. And I'll just let it go. Wow. <laughs> so, so I understand superstitions. I understand jinxes. I understand all of that. It all makes sense to me. So, so you turn the game on and they're winning, and then they start to lose. You turn it off. You don't think, well, if I turn it off now, it's too late. I might as well just enjoy it. Do you ever have that battle, or are you like, screw it, it's going off? I'll just turn it off. Like you know, like <laughs> I won't wait until they're losing. But if I turn it on and maybe there's a turnover or a, they give up a couple of big plays and things start to get a little shaky, yeah, I'll say, you know what? Wow. Things were Things were fine when I wasn't watching it, so I'm gonna go back to not watching it and hope things will be fine again. Interesting, man. Well, hopefully, um, you know, a good thing for the for the Raiders, man. I went to both Raider games down here in Florida, and they won both. So maybe I'm go. a good luck charm. They don't even know it. Maybe they need to pay me to go with them to each road game. So you gotta you gotta you know write the team and see if they can like fly yeah. you around. Yeah, maybe they're as superstitious as you, and I might get a gig <laughs> off of it. My mom, my mom was that way, man. Like if she went in one door, she couldn't exit through a different door. It had to be the same door she walked in, like. All kinds of stuff like that. So maybe she just drove me crazy with it to a point where I'm like, I want no part of it. But this it guy, this crazy. guy gave me flashbacks though in front of me, man. He. It sounds crazy, but I I understand it. I completely <laughs> understand. That's the power of thinking, right? Absolutely. You put that thought in the air, and who knows what happens with it? So it's energy somewhere. It's going somewhere, man. Well, you know, like I said, I do appreciate you doing this. You know, I know you're a busy guy. It's the middle of the week and you're on the, you know, you're watching the game and stuff. But I appreciate you coming on, sharing some of your knowledge with us, chatting with me. Um, is there, for, for the Cloud Dodger listeners, any kind of message you want to send them off with? Any kind of, you know, week, this week coming up here, a play for them or a person to look out for? Got to definitely start. Anything at all that you can hit them with? A Clock Dodger special here? Um, I'm trying to think what the, this is a, this is a, obviously a tough week when you have six teams on a bye, So it's, it's really hard. I mean, I would say that, you know, a guy that, that you can probably hopefully start and get some good numbers out of, uh, we talked a little bit about him earlier, Tim Hightower. Uh, if he's going to be the guy going forward there in new Orleans, uh, you're going to see him get those touches, especially around the goal line. And this is a week against the 49ers who have been just awful, uh, most of the year, but especially the last three or four weeks. Uh, Tim Hightower could be a sneaky pickup off the waiver wire as a spot start who can get you a lot of points. All right. That's awesome. And also, um, I did mention it briefly with you about Scott Fish and Scott Fish. Well, how are you doing in that really quick before I let you go? Uh, you know, that's a good question, actually. I don't think I've looked at it a couple <laughs> of weeks, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. I do set my lineup every single week in that league. I just, you know, I may not check on the result afterwards. So I, I to be completely honest with you, I don't know. Oh, okay, <laughs> I don't that's fair. I, I think I started off like five and zero, and I've lost the last three. So I feel like doing what you're doing and just don't know anymore because it's yeah. been a rough start, man. Rough. I started off good and then hit this bad lull, man. If you don't think about it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't. So I just have to <laughs> put it to the side, like you said, just put a lineup in and not think about it. 
because and, yeah. and, and the funny thing is, I started losing once JJ started balling out. I have him on my team. He's done nothing. I haven't started him. I won five games in a row. He comes, starts running two hundred <laughs> yard games, and I start losing. Maybe superstitious, man. Maybe I should bench him. Superstition. You put I might him need back to bench Jaye. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate again. I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, let, can you let everyone know, you know, where to find you, what to check for, all that kind of stuff for you? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm on. Uh, you can see me on NFL Network on NFL Fantasy Live. Um, shows on Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. But uh, you can find me on any manners of social media: Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Snapchat. I do a lot of stuff on Snapchat now, so you can find me there at Marcus G Nine. Uh, but, you know, whatever manner of social media you're looking for, chances are I'm probably there. Uh, I guess except Vine, because I guess Vine doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, so. poor, poor Vine. All right. R.I.P. Poor little out yeah. Vine. <laughs> <laughs> also, man, on Instagram, you're always posting those uh, those pictures of those, what are they, cufflinks? My cufflinks, yeah. yeah man. I, Got some legendary I, cufflinks. I, it's been fun. Like, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, had a few weird, odd cufflinks, and now I have friends who have uh, have gifted me some cufflinks because they enjoy seeing them on on uh instagram so it's been fun yeah it's pretty cool yeah definitely follow you on and what's your twitter for everyone uh marcus g m-a-r-c-a-s-g yep super active on there you respond to a lot of people you're awesome on there so um again man thank you everybody follow marcus talk to marcus support marcus <laughs> thank you again man and, and hopefully go cubs right hey yeah go cubs like, like i said my one of my closest friends he is Staying up in the middle of the night in Ireland to oh, watch wow. his potentially win a World Series. It is, uh, I think, it's like a seven-hour difference between California and Ireland. So dedication. Uh, he is up in the middle of the night, so I, if nothing else, I want him to be happy tonight. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. Like a meteor or something, it only comes by every hundred years or whatever. You're like, I, right. got, I got to see it, man. It's one exactly. of the, it's one of those moments, man. Non-baseball fans, no matter who you are, you just want to see that meteor fly by. So that's what this is. So, Absolutely. all right, man. Well, again, I appreciate it. Um, and uh, have a great night, man. Enjoy the rest of the game. Hey, you too, man. Thanks for having me on. I thank appreciate you. it. Absolutely. Later. I want to thank Marcus again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. You guys, you heard, you heard him, right? Follow him on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. Check him out on NFL Network. I mean, obviously, you're watching that already. You know who Marcus is from that. But, you know, continue to support the guy. He does good work. He's a smart dude. He's kind, courteous. And he, like I said, he's just a good person. He's just another good person in the fantasy football world. Um, so support Marcus and everything he does. Great guy. Thank you again, Marcus. Um, that's it for today's show, guys. Um, be on the lookout. I have some more episodes coming right after this. So if you've listened to this episode, there may be another episode already there waiting for you, or it may be right around the corner. Um, so just, you know, du- we doubled up this week on some fantasy football. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Also look out for the 15 minute breaks. I got a whole new bunch of episodes coming out for that shortly soon. Um, so look out for more of those episodes. And we got to get some more, you know, some more other kinds of guests on here. So just be on the lookout for that. Don't forget clockdodgers.com has tons of great content. DST quarterback tight end streaming from josh um you got your split tens which are the greatest power rankings you ever seen in your life it ain't even about oh let's rank every single team from best to the to the worst no man we're talking about top five bottom five who's around there who needs to get in there my raiders are in there sneak peek two weeks in a row my raiders are in there what's up what y'all got to say raider haters listen Go check out that by Eddie. He does a great article. Um, And just check all the other great content out that's on there. Uh, And again, remember, we got some contests coming soon for the reviews on iTunes. Um, So that's, you know, I'm not not giving you guys a date on when I'm actually going to pick a winner because i don't want to i don't want to give everybody this timetable and then they, they they wait to the last second or something like that it's gonna it's gonna happen um and some other stuff coming soon some other kinds of gear and stuff so just be on the lookout for that if you have anything any reason why you want to contact me whether it's a fancy football question whether it's not related to fancy football at all uh whether it's just you just want to talk because you want a friend to talk to i'm here for you guys i'm here for my fellow clock dodgers you know where to find me at Clock Dodgers on Twitter and Instagram, Periscope, ClockDodgers at gmail.com. If you want to email me, uh, feel free to do so. If you guys have any suggestions, any critiques, any criticism, any, any anything you want to say at all, I'm all ears, guys. But otherwise, other than that, good luck in week nine. Remember, there's another fancy football episode coming. So this isn't it. So you got to make sure you get both of them in before the the week kicks off here on Sunday. Well, it's already kicked off Thursday, but on Sunday. Um, So make sure you guys get all that information 
And uh, you guys have a great day, man. Love you guys. Later. Visit ClockDodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at ClockDodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.